Celebrating Christmas, like I said, this is so huge for us. In fact, Christmas Eve, we're going for it. We have even some lawn signs, you guys. We want to give these to you guys. Okay, so on your way out, uh, on, the, on the way out by the doors is a lawn sign. If you have a good visible spot in front of your house that people walk by, stick this in there and just like, you know, spread the word about Christmas Eve. We're going to be right here at this building at 4 p.m. on the 24th, under an hour long, uh, a time of singing together, candlelight service. There's child care for ages zero to two and you can slide that too. If you got three or four, sure, we'll throw them in there. Um, but uh, it's a, a chance for us to just celebrate the Christmas season together. It's a, it's a big invite time. So every year, uh, Christmas and Easter are these two big times that people consider exploring faith for the first time. So we just want to open the doors wide to this community. And if you have a friend to bring along, all the better. Let's fill this place on Christmas Eve as we celebrate Jesus' birth and arrival together. On Christmas Eve, the next day is Sunday, Christmas morning. Now, Christmas morning falls on a Sunday every blue moon. In fact, the next time that Christmas morning will be on a Sunday is 2033. So I just thought, why don't we go for it? You know, when we could just send a video out or a little devotional pamphlet and say, enjoy your time at home, which you can totally do, no guilt, no strings attached. But we just thought, why not on Christmas morning, once in a blue moon, we open the doors here at the Vets Hall and just invite the community in. 10 a.m. like normal, we'll do a little Christmas gathering here. We'll sing happy birthday to Jesus. You can wear your pajamas. We'll have sweet rolls. It's going to be pretty epic, pretty cool and special. Again, though, I know many of you have family traditions, and we did too as four, raising four young kids. We could never imagine leaving somewhere at 10 a.m. On Sunday, on Christmas morning. Um, but if uh, but if you're up for it and you want to give it a shot and kind of join us in a kind of a unique way, Christmas morning we'll be here, right here. We'll open the doors, and the vets hall has given this the use of this place for free on Christmas Day. They were just so kind of inspired that we would host a service for the community on Christmas Day that they said no rent for you guys. You can have the place and and us uh, and just invite people in. So we're excited about that. Uh, also Christmas. Uh, New Year's Day is the next Sunday, January 1st. It also doesn't happen again until 2033. So we just thought New Year's Day, Sunday morning, also will open the doors. 10 a.m. We'll put a circle around of chairs. It'll be a kind of a unique, special time together. And if you have those New Year's Day traditions, please don't, you know, don't feel any obligation. But if you want to experience something unique with us as a community, you're so invited. Uh, that morning we'll give the year to God in a neat way, spend some time in prayer as we look towards the new year together. Um, did I miss a invite the kids cue? Okay, so the kids program is happening. Give a big hand for Katie in the back. She is rocking with the kids, and they can go to their kids program now. Yeah. All right. Yep, yep. Um, so the kids program is happening. It's un downstairs called the underground, uh, because, you know, they're downstairs. And underground is where seeds form and grow, right? And plants come out and branches come out. And so, anyway, um, Christmas Day, New Year's Day. And uh, I, I want to mention this, this uh, thing we're going to do for the holidays is to partner along with Redwood Adult and Teen Challenge. They've given us a list of supplies. This is a live-in recovery program here in Humboldt. And so we have a list in the back 
And there's a bin, and every Sunday, we're just going to have this bin that you can drop in stuff on this list. And we want to bless uh, the men and women that are living at, at, at Team Challenge this holiday season with these, these gifts. Just to encourage them in their journey of recovery, the hard work that they're doing um, with the Lord's help as they submit to sobriety and all that God wants to do in their life. And, and so we want to be a part of that. And that's what these gifts are for. Check it out. You can see the list and bring them each Sunday and write us if you got some ideas, you got something else you want to help contribute or another way to meet the needs of, of these folks. Um, please let us know. We're just going to kind of come alongside them in a cool way uh, this holiday. So uh, that's happening, and then uh, that is, I think, oh, and then, you know, this, all of this, you know, this, this outreach, this sharing the news, kind of the opening of the doors of this place, inviting the community in, all this is in, in response and in partnership with your generosity. So thanks so much for partnering with us, so many of you putting a portion of your finances to God and saying, Lord, use this for your kingdom use and purpose. And, and, um, and so we just appreciate and just are humbled that you would want to join in this mission of God with us. And so if you want to continue to contribute that way or as God leads you, especially end of the year giving, some of you are thinking about that, um, there's a ways to do that. There's a box in the back. You can text and then you can also give online in a secure online portal that we have on the website. Um, and just, yeah, this just helps us share the news. And as we give, as we're generous people, it grows our heart and, and it helps us give back to God all that he's given us already. Um, and so thanks so much uh, for partnering with us and helping us spread the news and share this good news of Jesus' mercy, his grace, his love for us. This good news um, it is, is a joy for us to celebrate this Christmas season, right? It's just like, in our face. It's just everywhere, the arrival of Jesus. And it reminds us of this good news. Now, for us, it's just like, here it is, and we're experiencing it, and we're wrestling with how to share this well. Back in the early days, when Jesus was about ready to be born, the people waiting for this baby's arrival, the good news was something they waited for. Like, they were waiting for it. Hundreds of years, they got these prophecies that God would send the Savior. That the wrestle that we have with our distance from God, the fact that he's holy and we're not holy and we can't seem to measure up. We can't offer enough like sacrifices or do enough good deeds to, to measure up to God's holiness. God's going to send this rescue plan that's going to not have to do with our ability to be good people. It's going to do with God's gift of his son, the savior to save us from our own selves and our inability to measure up and connect with God. He's going to send us the Savior. So there's this promise in Mary, Joseph, Zachariah that we talked about last week, his wife Elizabeth. All these people, they've been waiting, waiting for this news of Jesus' arrival, of this Messiah, who this is going to be. And I was thinking about waiting and how we don't wait anymore in our culture. Like, we don't have to wait for anything, right? We, we get, like, Amazon, boom, three days. Okay, I got it. Um, you know, when, when you have a cell phone, it just changes the game. I don't, there are probably some people here that remember not having cell phones. <laughs> Do you remember how, I was just trying to rack my brain, and I used to, you know, if you remember, you might have been a teenager or something, and you're waiting for your parents to pick you up from school or something, or some event, Remember, it was like in the morning you'd say, hey, um, okay, see you there at four. And, and then they're like, all right. And then you leave. <laughs> you don't know. You know, you don't have no idea. All the hours in the day, 
if they're gonna show up at four. And you walk out on the curb, you're like, here I am, all right, four. They're not there, you're like, what happened? Did they die in a flaming car accident? Like, did the rapture happen? You have no idea if they're gonna show up and you're just waiting there. And like, minutes can seem like hours, especially Humboldt County, cold, maybe it's a cold, rainy afternoon. Maybe it's dark already, you know, like now it's dark so early, it's after practice at school and it's just dark and you're on the curb. Not that this ever happened to me. Um, and you're, you're freezing cold and you're like, is my mom gonna show up, you know? Um, and you're just wondering, that waiting, like nowadays we just, we, get, we can track people on maps, we can call them. We never have to, you know, wait and wonder. But, but then the person would arrive, you'd see the headlights coming, You'd know the car is warm inside, you know. You might be a little mad that they're late, but at least you're glad that they arrived. They, they came through, they showed up, you know. Um, and for, for loved ones in our life, it, it's so neat when they, when they show up and you're, you're waiting for them. And, I mean, I guess I thought one, one way we wait now, I guess, even with the cell phone is, have you, do you relate to this, the dreaded text wait? You, you know, when you're like, you say something to somebody on a text and you're like, and they don't write back right away. It's just this waiting, you know? And, and maybe it's something, I was thinking about it like when you're inviting someone to come to something, maybe, or maybe you need help with something. You're asking a request, or you're inviting, and you're like, hey, can you um, help me, uh, my you know, tire's flat, or my car's stuck, or I need to move this big, heavy thing, and I need a person to help me. And, uh, and you text, and they're just like, and you're just waiting, like, what are they gonna say, you know? And uh, you're just wondering, and then isn't it, the best feeling when they write back and they're like, I'm on it, you know, or be there in a second, or right on, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I'm inviting 10 people, or you know, whatever. Like, it's just so fun, you get it, and you're like, yes, you know, you're waiting, and then, yes, you get this feeling. And, and that's how it is in this, this scene of Jesus's arrival. People are waiting, they're waiting for this good news. They want the good news to happen, like, yes, we're there, right? And they've been waiting, is God gonna, come through with this promise, this savior. Like, what's this gonna be all about? How's this gonna look? And, and they're waiting. And this, good, this is why this news is so good, because these people have been waiting for so long. And Mary, same thing. These people have been waiting for God. And now Mary gets visited by this angel, and the angel says, guess what? God is coming through with his promise, and you're involved in a big way. You're going to have this baby, and the baby is this is the promised Savior. This baby's going to come and going to change everything. Now, Mary asks the question, how is this going to happen? I'm not married yet. Um, I'm just engaged, and this is going to be bad for my reputation if I'm pregnant. Um, God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of everything. This baby is God's going to divinely create this baby in you, and um, Joseph's gonna get visited by an angel too, so he'll be kind of on board too, uh, but it's gonna, be an, it's gonna be an adventure, and you gotta trust God, you gotta trust that God's really in this, and so Mary, she does, she says, okay, I'm gonna trust you, you know, I'm gonna say yes to you, God, whatever you, you want. Now, she's quiet about it, she's sort of pensive about it, she's treasuring it in her heart, she's thinking about it, and then um, she gets to meet Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, we talked about last week, Elizabeth has also this divine pregnancy. Her baby, her and Zachariah have this baby, John. And there, you know, we, last week we talked about how God had this idea that John would be the one who declared Jesus' arrival and proclaimed that he's coming 
John would be John the Baptist out in the desert saying, prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way. And, and Elizabeth is excited about this birth that she's going to have this baby John. Her husband now can speak after nine months of being mute, you know, and now he speaks and he declares this excitement. Her, Elizabeth is excited and Elizabeth and Mary meet up. And I love this meeting because there's two pregnant ladies. They meet up and the Bible says that John leaps in the womb, in Elizabeth's womb. John leaps in the womb and Elizabeth declares, Mary, this is so exciting. My baby just leaped in the womb because... God is up to something. The baby you're going to have is going to be the savior of the world. This is amazing. And the baby I'm going to have is going to help be a part of the story too. And we are the luckiest people in the world. And it's right then that Mary finally like declares the truth about her baby. She gets so excited and she declares this famous poem, this famous speech, this song. I love how it's inspired by a friend's encounter. You know, sometimes when you, you're wondering about something, is this good, is this bad? Um, what's up with my situation? Should I be happy about this? Is, are there concerns? And then you get a friend who's just encouraging, you know, who points out the good stuff, like, do you see how cool this is? I love friends who do that. I would love this community to be a place like that, where you, you're in a friendship where people point out the good stuff, where they say, have you seen how cool this is, you know, with you? And you might be like, well, everything is horrible. It's falling apart. And this person can be with you in that sorrow and that sadness and disappointment. But they can also say, yeah, but did you see God's doing that? And you see God's doing this? And that's really cool. I, I love that idea. And that's what happens with Elizabeth and Mary, I think. Elizabeth says, Mary, it's going to be so awesome. And then Mary goes, you're right. It's going to be so awesome. And let me just tell you how incredible it is. Because Mary's humbled she's amazed that god would invite her a regular person into the story in such a powerful way mary's song it's called sometimes it's called the magnificat and that comes from the first phrase of her famous song her famous song and the first phrase is my soul will magnify the lord that's what she said my soul will magnify the lord and magnify in latin magnificat that's got named the whole passage of scripture is this famous song. In fact, some people say it's the very first Christmas carol ever written is Mary's song. Now, some people think of Mary as like this peaceful, placid, like calm, oh, Peter, you know, just soft. Um, and yet there's something really edgy about Mary's song. There's something, there's some tension in there, some angst. In fact, Mary's people waiting for God, they're dealing with some difficult things. Oppression, poverty. They have this Roman rule taking over their world and they're, they're like being kind of crushed down as a people. There feels like there's no hope for them. Also, Mary is engaged, but she's also pregnant. And she's like, is my fiance gonna go with this whole program of God? Am I gonna get maybe kicked out of this marriage? Am I gonna get exposed? in a way that could bring death or crazy governmental punishment on, on people like that. Um, so she's wrestling with this tension too. And in this prayer, she declares the goodness of God, but it's mixed with this tension. And it's mixed with these hopes that God is gonna restore this tension, that God is gonna meet these needs that she has, that her people have um, in some powerful ways. One of my favorite 
quotes. Oh man, I forgot my, did I forget my Bible? Uh, my favorite quotes is by this guy, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh man, it's going to pack. I'm going to feed back on the slice. Thanks, man. Okay, so it's in Luke 1. Luke 1 is where we are. Um, okay, Luke 1. And here's Diedrich Bonhoeffer's quote. And I, I love how he says this. The Song of Mary is the oldest Advent hymn. It's at once the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary whom we sometimes see in paintings. And another author says, this is a girl who sings defiantly to her God through her tears, fists clenched against an unknown future. And, and Mary's courageous song of praise becomes a radical source for those seeking to honor the holy amid the suffering and the conflicts of real life. So here's this powerful passage that's going to invite us to consider what it is to honor the holy and recognize the holy in the middle of our regular conflicted lives and, and the suffering that we experience. And so Mary's song, chapter 1, verse 46 to 55, I thought it'd be cool if our friend Cassie read this for us. So Cassie, why don't you stand and read us a Mary song? It, it sounded just like this. sense this joy in there and our candle theme joy mary's song has been known as this joyful song joy is connected to this presence of god joy is a product of the presence of god and in mary's situation god steps into her life and this joy comes out this joy is a response of god stepping into her life and it's also a time for her to Remember and claim the promises of God to, to remember that God is trustworthy to do what he said he's going to do. He's going to follow through with what he promises that he's going to do. And the same is true for us. When God steps into our lives, it's a time for joy. 
And, and I know that you might think, well, is God stepping into my life? I mean, there's not an angel happening. I'm not part of this crazy divine situation. But I want to propose this morning that God is stepping into your life even now, even here. Just that you stepped into this place here. God is stepping into your life. And if you think about the ways that God might be getting your attention in some, some obvious ways, maybe some not so obvious ways, that the truth is that God has stepped in to each of our lives. And he's stepping into your life in a special way, even now, even this morning. And when God steps into our life, he brings joy. It's a time to be joyful. It's a time also to remember that he's faithful to do what he promised to do. When, when God steps in, I love how this song of Mary's, it talks about mercy. When he steps into our lives, he brings this mercy. This mercy of God, this grace of God. When he steps in, it's with mercy. You know, I was, a friend was saying the other day that they felt, um, they felt kind of ashamed when this pastor stepped into their life. Like they kind of were thinking they sort of had things going okay um, in their life. But then when the pastor came to visit their house, they were like, oh, I'm not ready. I got to clean up stuff. You know, they, they felt kind of embarrassed, you know. And I think about it like we might think when God shows up in our life, it's like a dignitary coming for dinner. And we don't have the right plates out. or We don't have the right stuff. But that's not how God shows up. When God arrives, it's with mercy. Bucket loads of endless mercy. This bottomless grace that he just brings with him. This grace that covers all of it. The message paraphrase of Mary's song is really neat. And I'm going to read some phrases from it this morning. And the first one is um, this idea. Uh, the message says that that wave, the, his mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. Wave after wave is mercy. That's the kind of God uh, that we're talking about, this mercy and grace for us. And those who are in awe before him, the a translation that Cassie read said for those who fear him. And a lot of translations will talk about that. The fear of God, the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God is a place of wisdom to fear God. And some people will say, wait, I thought God was loving. And how do we fear God? But I like this translation of this, this concept of fearing God is being in awe before him. It's a, it's a reverence, you know. It's kind of a, 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 a taking it seriously. Like God is someone to take seriously and nobody in these stories Mary, Zachariah, Elizabeth Joseph, the shepherds nobody in this Jesus birth story takes God's arrival casually no one takes it like flippantly or lightly like well now it's something silly whatever yeah, no no they like get serious about it and they, they hold it in their heart and they ponder the weight and the gravity of the whole situation like this is serious for them and that's, that's, that's this um, phrase, in awe before him. And so when we have this humility with God, when we take him seriously, his mercy just flows into our life, wave after wave, when, when we take him seriously, when we're humble. And, and I love that, 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 hum, that humility that Mary brings. It sets up that next piece of this song for us, of Mary's song. And it's this, this fact that God is going to lift up the humble. That when we're humble and when we're in awe before God. See, Mary doesn't expect anything from God. She doesn't have these expectations or she's not like, hey, this is what I deserve, God, since I'm doing this for you. She's No, she's like, God, everything comes from you. And I'm just glad I get to be a part of this. 
And when, when she has this sense of humility, uh, God reminds her and reminds us that God lifts up those who are humble. And that's that subversive part of this song. It, it's so clear. Mary says God's going to bring down the mighty and he's going he's to scatter the proud. He's going to exalt the humble. He says he's going to fill the hungry with good things and send the rich away empty. The message paraphrase says it like this. The starving poor sat down to a banquet and the callous rich were left out in the cold. Man, this is pretty, this is pretty radical. There's been countries around the world in different times that this, this uh, song of Mary's has been banned. Like they can't say this prayer. This can't be written or spoken anywhere. Countries that want to keep people oppressed and hold poor people down or, or elevate the authority of a place, uh, they don't like this, this stuff. In fact, there's some countries in the, that kind of oppressive situation that have literally cut sections of this out, printed out and pasted it on buildings and sides and, and, and sidewalks and signs so that people just could see it, could see pieces of this hope, that there really is this hope um, for all of us. That all of us have a, a, an invitation to be found in God, to be rescued by God. And I think for us as we hear this, I think it can go a few different ways, right? There's some of us in this room, maybe, and we feel like, well, you know, our resources, uh, God's blessed us with a lot of stuff, and we have good resources, and um, we're doing pretty good. Well, you know, in fact, I was challenged years ago when I heard that if you have running water in your home, right, you're like the top 5% of the world in wealth, you know? If you have running water that works right now in your home, you are considered rich in most parts of the world. But I think all of us still wrestle with this idea. And there could be people here today that are like, you know, I've, I've done okay. I have resources. I feel really blessed. Wow, what does this mean for me? Is this kind of like a snub against having resources or, or wealth? Um, and I think the challenge here is, is this, that wealth or our resources, the, the problem is, is that we can be deluded into thinking that this is um, where our life uh, is founded on. Like This is where our security comes from. And we can have this illusion that our finances, our resources, are gonna, they're going to save us. They're going to hold us together. They're going to help us when stuff falls apart. And that, that's a delusion. We also can think that we're in control of life and that our resources help us control life. And, and that's a, a delusion. It also can make us think that we're better than other people. And I think that's a big challenge. And we kind of look down on others like, oh, well, we have this and they don't. And so, you know, maybe I'm like better. And that's such a delusion, right? And God wants to root that out. He wants to say, no, you're not going to be free that way. That's not how you live life in a free way. Now, now maybe you do have running water in your home, but you're still like bill to bill and month to month. And it's super challenging. And finances have been hard for you and challenging for you. And you would relate to this feeling of like, this liberation, this feeling of God meeting your needs. And, and that's, that's the spirit of this psalm, is that when, we, um, when we're in that place in life, we recognize that we need God. And, and we want Him. You know, and we're like, God, I need you. You're my only hope. I can't seem to figure it out myself. I need you. What a beautiful place to be. That's where truth is. That's where life and freedom is found. And when we have everything together and we're kind of living the cush life, we miss out on like needing God or recognizing how much we need him. 
And that connection with God is kind of fuzzy and not very tight. But when we need God, oh man, it's like I'm as close to God as I'm ever going to be in my life because I realize how much I need him. And, and we realize that the promises of God are so important to us. Like, man, I need the promises of God. I, I want to hold on to the promises of God because everything else I try to hold on to kind of falls through my fingers. Even when we feel like we have a lot of good stuff, isn't it so true that over time we realize it doesn't last? These moments of like, oh, I feel like I got a lot of stuff. Oh, now I don't, you know? Or, you know, like, I feel pretty good about, no, no, I don't, you know? It just, it's up and down. It doesn't hold steady. But when we connect with God, he's the one who's faithful. He's the one who comes through for us, who, who holds it all together. And that's where Mary's song ends is with this promise, the promises of God. That's where Mary lands her prayer. Her final thing is, God, you keep your promises. You are coming through. This is good news. We've waited for it, and you've made good on your promise. The message paraphrase says, it's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. You know, Mary's song has this generational scope to it. Like, it's all-encompassing from the earliest days of time right up until now. And Mary even extends it further. She says, and then generations upon generations will call me blessed. So she, like, carries it into the future. She knows that this moment changes everything. Changes everything for us. And I wonder today as you're hearing, you know, this song of Mary's and and you're hearing these, these contours I wonder what God might stir up in you. What might he stir up in you this morning? I wonder how you're feeling about God showing up in your life, stepping into your life. That whether you want it or not, I'm telling you, God is stepping into your life right now. And guess what? He's showing up with mercy. You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to hide stuff and be like, oh, no, he's coming over. Like, no, like he's here with mercy and grace. And this this incredible love for you. The Bible says that God loved you, the world, so much that he gave his son, uh, Jesus. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to be this gift, the greatest gift of all. That's why we open gifts on Christmas. It's a reminder of the greatest gift of all, and that's Jesus. That he came and he he lived this perfect life in our place. That we don't have to live the perfect life because we never could. Jesus comes and he's born in, in this stable, this manger, you know, in this out-of-the-way place, and he lives this, this perfect life that, that we couldn't live on this mission from God, and then we get to put our trust and hope in him. He says, believe in me, and, and I'll show you the way to find life, to find this connection with God that you've really longed for all your life. You know, I said we don't wait for things, how we get it so instant, but there is something that we long for deep in our heart. We long for this connection with God. We, we long for the world to be made right. We long for our relationships to be made right. We long for like peace in our own soul, for, for these, for, you know, joy. We want joy, like real joy. Show me how to get it. How do I find this peace? Jesus wants to bring all of that, all of that to the table for us. He, he goes all the way to the cross, give up his life for us, in our place, because we deserve to be disconnected from God and not to experience life and, and apart from him. And then Jesus comes to bridge this gap for us, to bring us uh, to God, dying on a cross, rising again, this victory over death, and this invitation to us, you and me, 
to have this life with him. And so he comes with grace, wave after wave of grace. You know, I wonder today, too, how you're feeling about um, this, this, this subversive, this challenging idea of finding your comfort in, in the world's ways and wealth or means or resources and what it's like to feel a lack of and a desire for that and where God meets you in that place today. You know, is he inviting you to, to trust him in a new way, even in the midst of having resources? Is he inviting you in a new way to find your hope in him to meet your needs? This comfort that God sees you has a special eye on you as you're struggling um, through the challenges of life, a special care for you. And I wonder what the promises of God today are that you need to hold on to. What is it that you know God is promising you that you, you're like, God, I, I, I need to hold on to this promise um, in this time. He might just be reminding you, maybe it's a promise that you've been praying or a thing you've been praying for for a long time. And this morning might be a chance to just say, God, again, I want to trust you with this. God, again, I know I don't see the answer to this. It's been a long time. I'm waiting. Uh, but God, I know you keep your promises. I know you're faithful. And that's the truth. God loves us so much. He wants what's best for us. He always answers our prayer. Yes, sometimes no, sometimes not yet. Right? He hears our prayer and he's promised to act in our lives. And so we can take this time, just in any of these last few moments together, uh, to bring those promises to God and say, God, I got to hold on to you. I want to hold on to these promises of yours. When God steps in to our life, he brings joy. Joy is the product of the presence of God. It's the product of him just being here with us and for us to open our hearts to him. So let's take just a couple minutes. We're going to, the band's going to come back up and we'll close with a couple more songs. But I want to invite us in these moments um, to, to, to wrestle with these, these challenges of Mary's uh, and, the, and these challenges of, of joy and, and God's presence is showing up in our life and, and how we want to respond. How might we want to respond to him today? He's stepping into your life right now in this moment. Um, how do you want to respond? Let's take some time and do that. Let's, let's respond to him. Maybe, maybe you want to silently in your heart say a prayer like Mary's. You know, maybe in these moments there's a piece of this prayer or a, or a piece of this longing that you can say, God, this is, this is me. And I want to bring this to you, God, in these moments. Maybe there's a request. You know, you can say, God, I, I want to bring this to you again to trust you again that you're faithful to come through. You'll do what you promised to do. In fact, I want to say a prayer for us, too. Maybe there's a moment here where God is stepping into your life, and maybe for the first time you want to just say, like Mary said, yes, God, okay, I'll, I, I'll follow what you say. Like, yeah, let, let it be how you say it's going to be. I want to surrender my plans to you, God. I want to follow you, God. And Mary experiences the greatest story of her entire life, and God invites you and I into that story. But it takes that first prayer of saying, yeah, I'll be a part of your story, God. I'll, I'll be a part of your plan. So maybe, in fact, why don't you close your eyes if you would, and I want to lead us in this prayer. And you can repeat after me in your heart silently. But let's together say to God that, you know, as you feel that, as the Spirit is leading you, if you want to invite God in as he steps into your life now, and you want to invite him in and respond to him, 
in your own way, then you can say a prayer like this. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love for me. I'm sorry for... Um, being not interested in you, God. Uh, sorry for rejecting you and going my own way and doing my own thing. And God, thank you for coming and dying on a cross for me and rescuing me from myself, for helping me connect with you. Lead my life, God. Show me how to follow you.